You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, good morning. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as we come around the Word. And if you're in the room, are you ready to come around the Word? Well, I don't know if you're going to feel that way when I tell you the topic. It's pursuing change. And for all of us, we pursue change every single day of our lives. So how is it that we pursue change? And how is it that you pursue change in your life? Well, for me, I'm going to give you a small story of what pursuing change looked like in my life many years ago. The year was 1995. I was 21 and Lee, my husband, was 18. And at this time, we weren't married, at this time we were involved in our local youth group. And I just heard that Lee was coming into a connect group that I was involved in. And at the time, I was actually at McDonald's and and hearing and knowing this information, I then saw Lee coming through the door. And I remember saying to myself so clearly, I will never, ever get romantically involved with this guy ever. Strictly business. But as the weeks went by through spending time together, we really became great friends. Strictly business, of course, still. Well, to me, anyway. Because Lee decided to fall in love with me, but I didn't feel the same way at that stage. But then, it's okay, then there was this moment of change in me where my feelings took me by surprise And with this change, made way for a pursuit (laughs) to make my feelings known to him. Oh dear. God had shown me so specifically and actually so supernaturally that Lee was the person I was meant to be with. Well, because of this knowledge and this revelation, the pursuit for me was on. But in hindsight, I think I may have bowled him over a little and perhaps he hadn't thought about the next step and because of this, he might have taken a step back. So pursuing change for all of us, it can encounter obstacles. Pursuing change can be hard, even when feelings are involved as it might not at times meet our expectations. But from Lee processing my new feelings towards him, change occurred. And so from this, we had set a date, our first date. So as I was waiting for our date, expectant, watching the clock, the time we had set to meet seemed to pass. And waiting turned into more waiting and even longer waiting. So I'd rung a few times on my Nokia phone, but heard absolutely, free phone calls on the weekend, but heard absolutely nothing. I was confused, slightly frustrated. I'm actually concerned that I wasn't worried. I was just confused and frustrated. So when Lee finally called me hours later, I found out why he was so late for our first date. Lee was windsurfing and the conditions were so great, he totally forgot about our first date. Lee was previously, if you don't know, he was actually an outdoor ed teacher. So windsurfing, kayaking, rock climbing and anything to do with the outdoors, he loved. And for him, with the conditions so great, time, well, it just slipped away. So conditions may have been good outside, but the conditions inside were not that favourable. So upon a little conversation, we eventually did have our first date. 
And he wasn't late. And on that first date, he declared his true feelings. Well, as you say, the rest is history. The conditions quickly got better. We married and we are now a family of five. (laughs) So pursuing change for all of us, it can be difficult. Pursuing change may require your voice to speak up and doesn't always have the outcomes we expect. But if you keep at it, pursuing change can have lasting effects that can actually transform your whole future. Pursuing change creates life that was formerly non-existent. And for all of us, pursuing change is actually vital to who we are and how we've been made. It will challenge us, but pursuing change can actually transform us. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, is there a journey you are being led on at this moment in your life to pursue change in? And I believe today that the Holy Spirit who is an incredible guide, will lead you to the truth of the change He is speaking and leading for you to pursue today. He will make truth known to your heart and to your mind. And you will find when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it will be so hard to shake. When He speaks to us, it's like His Word keeps coming back to us over our hearts, over our minds, and it just won't let us go. And can I encourage you today that pursuing change can bring transformation to your life. It can change your whole trajectory. So can we ask God today, as His church, God, what are you speaking to our hearts today? What are you speaking to us about in our minds today? Would you cause us to pursue your change today with what you speak into our spirits? I want us to remind us today that when pursuing change, often we can experience setbacks, seasons of feeling unrest, unexpected events that don't always turn out the way we planned. But if we can take the opportunity to continually learn how to pursue His change, He will lead us to experiences we might never knew we could have ever had. The outcome of change may not only affect us, but the people we love around us for the better. And pursuing change for myself brought a new way to my thinking, which led me and brought me to my greatest friend, Lee. And what I've come to understand is, is that setbacks, frustration, and even great pain can become the greatest catalyst for us to pursue change. Change that can lead us to the unexpected happening in our lives. And we see the unexpected happening in this incredible man's life called Ed Miller. Ed Miller was a missionary in Argentina, and this is his story. In 1949, for Ed Miller, his pursuit of change brought the most unexpected outcome in his life. For him, pursuing change actually ushered in the great Argentine revival, a revival where thousands upon thousands of people came to know Jesus personally with incredible healings and transformation that affected and impacted a whole country. But for Ed Miller, it began with the longing question in his heart. Can an ordinary man with ordinary talent and preparation, without any special gifts or genius, can he find the personal, intimate presence of Jesus and find him in a satisfying reality? His pursuit for change came with incredible challenge. 
For Ed Miller, it was God's direction for his life to lay down all missionary activities and commit himself fully to prayer as he felt God challenge him that it was not by might, not by power, but it was by his spirit. And he was reminding Ed Miller constantly that it was not by his efforts. It couldn't be achieved by his works, but it had to be by the Spirit of God if he was going to pursue change for that reality in Jesus Christ. And after weeks and weeks and weeks of praying and praying, there was absolutely nothing He didn't hear anything. He didn't feel anything until there there was one day where he said, suddenly I heard a voice. Suddenly a voice so overwhelming, so penetrating, so sweet, resounded into the very air of the room that I was praying in. And accompanying that word came the overwhelming presence of God that seemed to fill the whole world around me. My pursuit for change was answered. God had come to just an ordinary man and He had come to bring forth His purposes and His will in Argentina. And not only had God asked him, Ed Miller, to pursue change in his life, he was now being led to ask others to pursue God for change in their lives. How? Through prayer. Through God leading him, Ed Miller made the invitation to his whole church to come and pray. And to his surprise, three individuals accepted his invitation and had a willingness to come and pray. That Monday night, five people came to the prayer meeting, including his wife and himself, a timid lady and a husband and a wife. And as they prayed, Ed Miller asked, does anybody feel compelled to say anything or or do anything? And everyone answered in the negative except the young wife. She was very shyly admitted to a strange desire to walk to the table in the centre of the room and hit upon it. But quickly commented, oh, it would just be too, too foolish. I could never see myself going to this table in the middle of the room and hitting it. It's just so ridiculous. And why would I ever get anything to do like that? Nothing could persuade her to do it. And on this note, the first prayer meeting ended. Thursday night, everything continued as on the previous evenings until 11 o'clock when I called the young wife by name and asked, do you still feel like hitting the table? And in shame and reluctance, she confessed to the same strange desire, but she absolutely refused to get up and do it until one night. Finally, the young wife that God had singled out for this act took courage and reaching out, she banged on the middle of that table. And when her hand hit the table, immediately it was like a rushing wind swept through that whole room. In seconds, the timid lady was on her feet worshipping the Lord in great fervency. Her hands were raised in the air and her face was completely transformed by the presence of God. She radiated the joy of the Lord. For the man and his wife, this man who had consistently resisted the call of God over his life, fell under the table and there began to worship the Lord in another tongue as the Spirit gave him utterance. His young, reluctant wife, seeing what was taking place with the others, 
cried out in a loud voice, all timidity now gone. I too, Lord, please don't pass me by. Please don't pass me by. She feared that the Spirit would not bless her. However, in but moments, the Holy Spirit flowed upon her with His presence and she was completely transformed by the very reality of Jesus Christ coming into that space. They said we did not realise it at the time, but that day was the beginning of the coming of the Holy Spirit, not only to us, but to the whole of Argentina. One act of simple obedience to pursue change had been the last key that opened the door. Can an ordinary man, Ed Miller said, find the personal, intimate presence of Jesus and find Him in a satisfying reality? The answer is yes. Can one act of obedience that God may call us like the shy young lady really usher in revival that can change hundreds of lives? The answer is yes. For both of their lives, pursuing change from a place of hopelessness brought more than what Ed Miller could have ever dreamed his life could be. And for the shy girl, timid girl, one act of courage and obedience produced more than she could ever imagined. And together with God, their pursuit for change brought the most unexpected outcome of revival to the whole country of Argentina. But we see this again. This is not only the story of Ed Miller and a shy, timid girl. This is not only my story of pursuing change. We see this again, the most unexpected outcomes in the life of Moses and the Israelites. You see, for Moses in the Bible and the Israelites, they too were pursuing change like they had never known before. From slavery in Egypt to God freeing them and now in complete freedom, they are now journeying through the wilderness to the land that God had promised the people. A pursuit of change that would bring many obstacles. This pursuit was powerful, but it was not comfortable. Life-changing, but a life they had never lived or experienced before. Ordinary people that through the journey of the wilderness would find God personally. Obstacles will either lead you to comfort or cause you to seek a saviour. And we see this in the book and the story of Exodus chapter 15, travelling through the wilderness. Verse 22, Moses led Israel from the Red Sea onto the wilderness of Shur. They travelled for three days through the wilderness without finding any water. They got to Marah, but they couldn't drink the water at Marah because the water was bitter. And that's why they called the place Marah, for it was bitter. And the people complained to Moses, so what are we supposed to drink, Moses? We've been travelling in this wilderness for three days. You've taken us from water in Egypt, even though they were in slavery. It's what they knew. It's what they had become accustomed to. But now they find themselves in a wilderness, away from what they know, needing water desperately. And you can imagine why they go to Moses and say, Moses, in complaint and grumbling, what are we supposed to do? Where is it that God is leading us? Where are you leading us? What are we supposed to drink? Their thirst was the obvious catalyst for change. 
Three days walking in a hot wilderness, thirsty and grumpy, completely exhausted. I understand their complaint. But I believe the greatest catalyst for change is who we direct our question to. Jesus said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are made possible to those who believe. Moses knew whom to direct his question to. Verse 25, so Moses cried out to prayer in God and God pointed him to a stick of wood and Moses threw that stick into the water and the water turned sweet. What was bitter was made sweet and the impossible was made possible by God. When you're pursuing change, who do you ask your questions to? When we're pursuing change that God is leading us on and we get in a moment of confusion or frustration, who are we leading our questions to when God has asked us and led us to pursue change? And his cry to God in prayer, it watered thousands of Israelites and relief came through God's supply. Today, we can be encouraged if we are experiencing confusion in our journey that God is leading us on. We too, like Moses, can ask God, God, what are we supposed to do? I just feel like you've led me in this journey, but there's bitterness that I'm tasting. God, what do you want me to do when you're the one who's led me here? Let the change that God brings be made possible by God. What does he want to give us? God wants to give us living water that heals bitterness in our lives and he wants to release sweetness all over us. And we see this same change, this same change, not only in Moses and the Israelites, but we see this same change that only God can bring in the story of the daughters of Zelophehad. Five girls, sisters, they found themselves dissatisfied with life's outcomes. So instead of settling and keeping quiet, they decided to rise up and speak out. And we see this in the story in the book of Numbers, chapter 27. You don't think it would be a story about revival or change, but these daughters of Zelophehad had the most incredible impact around them. Verse 2, now these are the names of his daughters. Azi, who's pregnant, if you have a girl, these are probably not the names you should be picking from. Malah, Noah, Hogla, Milka. And Terzar, not very common. And they stood before Moses and Eleazar the priests and the leaders of the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting and said, Our father died in the wilderness. And although he was not part of the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but he died for his own sin and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be lost from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among the relatives of our father. For these five girls, the daughters of Zelophehad, they had no brother. And culturally, when the father dies, the inheritance then goes to the sons. And for all of us, with these circumstances, culture can contain us unless we allow those containments to be the catalyst to pursue change. This may be culture and law and the way it's always been done, but are we just to settle? 
What does God say about our situation? What is kingdom culture in comparison to earthly culture and laws? Are we just to be contained? For these five girls, law and culture would decide that they have no say, no voice. Yet with this setback from cultural law, they decided to pursue new change and they weren't willing to settle. For you and I today, have we been asked to settle in certain matters? Have we been asked to settle in areas of our marriage? We hear comments, well, this is the way it's always been done in my family. Have we been conditioned to settle in our relationships with our children? Well, my dad didn't talk to me emotionally and I'm all right, so you'll be all right. You may be all right, but have you ever asked your children if they're all right with the impact of living with your behaviour? Do we settle in the way we do relationships and conversations? Do we settle in our behaviour? Well, this is the way I am. It's too difficult for me to change. Or have you tried to pursue healthy change but been resisted from those around you? Have you tried to pursue further study or healthy practices, but the pursuit has been so challenging that the temptation to settle is so strong, even though you know God was leading you in these areas of change for your life? Can I ask that we encourage ourselves today to bring everything that is in our hearts, that is in our minds and talk and pray with somebody of faith about these challenges that we may receive God's answer that causes us to remain on the healthy journey that He called us to pursue. Why? Because the inheritance God has promised you is not just to look at, it's not just to talk about, it's to be experienced. And this is what these five girls, the daughters of had did. They decided not to settle, but pursue change. So they talked to Moses and told him everything that was on their mind and in their hearts. And with this in verse 5, it says, Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, the daughters of Zelophehad have a valid claim. You must indeed give them possession of inheritance among their father's relatives and you must transfer the inheritance of their father to them. Inheritance law was changed from that day from these five girls who made the decision to pursue change that was unheard of. And God changed the law and He said, you must tell the Israelites, if a man dies and has no son, then you must transfer his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then you are to give his inheritance to his brothers. This will be for the Israelites a legal requirement as the Lord commanded Moses. Inheritance law was changed from this point on accordance to kingdom culture, according to what God said. You know, we have the culture of this world. But we must always inquire and stay true to the inheritance God gave us. Kingdom culture is our inheritance. 
God is the architect and the builder of our, of our lives. And I pray that we never make the choice to settle for any other inheritance but the one Christ died for to give us. For the daughters of Zelophead, who had the courage to pursue change through God, to stand up to culture, to stand up to the men of their day and challenge inheritance law, saw the outcome of transformation that lasted generations to come. Pursuing change not only affects you, but can transform generations to come. Our God, He steps over the barriers of culture and He eradicates injustice. We just need to stand up in the courage and the strength of God to use our voice that He gave us to pursue the change that He is leading us to. We see this lastly in the story of a man called Blind Bartimaeus, a man who with absolute courage stood up to pursue change that led him to come face to face with Jesus. And this is the story of Blind Bartimaeus in the book of Mark, chapter 10. So they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and His disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many around scolded him to get him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So the disciples called the blind man and said to him, Have courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. Have courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. Church of Gateway, the church of Jesus Christ, get up, have courage. Jesus is calling you today. God is calling you. He threw off his cloak, jumped up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Don't we long to hear those words from Jesus? Don't you long, church, to come face to face with Jesus and have Him say, what is it that you would want me to do for you? What is it that you want me to do for your marriage? What is it that you want me to do for your children? You know, I designed a marriage. I am the architect. I am the builder. I have the perfect design for marriage. What is it that you want me to do for your marriage? What is it that you want me to do for your relationships, for your life? And here is this blind man in this moment. And he answers Jesus and said, Jesus, let me see again. Jesus, if I could just see that sunrise. Jesus, if I could just see the faces of people. Jesus, would you allow me to see again? I've heard that you are a miracle worker. I've heard that you can transform lives. So I'm going to ask you, Jesus, in this moment, would you allow me to see again? And Jesus said to him, go your faith, your pursuit, 
your shouts, your cry, your courage, your trust in me and not the crowd. That's what has healed you, blind Bartimaeus. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the road. The crowd around him demanding for him to keep quiet. We're counting on him feeling less than, relying on his condition to make him feel inadequate. But God said that you were never less than. Others may want you to settle because it makes them feel more comfortable. But God has called you to take courage today and pursue the change He has for your life. You have been called to carry change. Those in the crowd around Bartimaeus that day who were shouting and telling him to keep quiet, they were the people conditioned by the culture of their day. But blind Bartimaeus was experienced kingdom culture by pursuing change, even though there was great personal cost. He shouted out again and again for Jesus to meet with him because the fear of not meeting with Jesus was greater than the fear he had of the crowd. Because of his courage, his pursuit to change his condition, Bartimaeus was no more to be known as blind Bartimaeus, marginalised, inadequate, because one courageous act changed the whole trajectory of his life. Face to face with Jesus, he said, what can I do for you? And Bartimaeus replied, Jesus, let me see again. And immediately his sight came back. And what did he do? He pursued Jesus. He followed Jesus that day and never left his sight because once you've seen Jesus, you can't let Him go. Pursuing change can be full of so many setbacks, obstacles, defences, even bitterness. But this pain can also be the greatest catalyst for pursuing change with God. And with God, there is always transformation. And just like Ella Ed Miller's words, can an ordinary man, can an ordinary woman find the personal, intimate presence of Jesus and find Him in a satisfying reality? The answer is yes, church. Today, do you need to experience this for yourself? Do you need to understand what it means to have a personal reality of Jesus Christ that you can know this joy that is so often talked about, but you're not experiencing it? My friends, you're in the right place right now because Jesus says you can experience, but you need to stand up. You need to take courage and call out to Jesus until He answers you. Until as long as it takes, He answers you. He said His Word never returns void. It will always meet its target. He hears every one of your prayers, which means He will come face to face with you. For the children of Israel travelling through a dry desert only to find bitter water. Today, what bitter water needs to be made sweet for you? Like the daughters of Zelophead today, what outcomes in your life from this culture needs to be reversed by God Himself. And finally, like blind Bartimaeus, today what condition in your life needs healing from Jesus today? Have you been asking Him to see more clearly? Personally for myself last year, 
what were painful setbacks for our family became the greatest catalyst for pursuing change that has completely healed and transformed our whole family. And was it tough? It was tough. Pursuing change with God, it opens red seas and walks you to dry ground. Pursuing change opens blind eyes to see Jesus for who He really is. Pursuing change with God melts the most stubborn and broken hearts and lets you live a life in God more than you ever dreamed or imagined. Today, can we let God speak to our hearts and our minds of the change God would have us to pursue with Him? And today, as God speaks to us, His church, in pursuing change, can I ask you this morning, what is the one thing that God is calling you not to settle for? What is the one thing that God is asking you not to settle in? What is the one thing you are not to settle for? And secondly, what is God asking you to pursue change in? I don't want to pursue change for the sake of change. I don't want to be busy for the sake of looking busy and having it all together. If I'm going to pursue change, it's because God has led me to that change because I know it's really like opening up Red Seas. God's the only one who can make the possible happen. What is God asking you to pursue change in today? Can we stand in this place this morning? Father, we just pray this morning that God, you have birthed us with change. You have birthed us, Father, to carry change. And Holy Spirit, I know that you are the one who can make truth known to our spirits. When you speak to us, you don't let our hearts go. The words keep coming back to us time and time again, like it's gripping our very heart. Holy Spirit, would you grip our hearts today and would you show us not to what to not settle for? Holy Spirit, as you make truth known to our hearts this morning, would you so gently, would you so boldly speak to us this morning is what is the one thing you are asking us to pursue change in? Oh God, you are the architect. You are the builder and you are the kingdom of God. And your greatest desire is for the kingdom of God to be lived out on this earth through your people who follow your voice. Father, I just declare kingdom culture is our inheritance. Your love is our inheritance. Your joy is our inheritance. Restoration and healing, it is our inheritance, Father. And in this moment, as you speak to us, let us receive from you as we take a moment to pause and listen for your voice that speaks to us. Just as we're in this moment and God's speaking to you, just to stay in the moment. For those of us who are in the room or watching online this morning who don't know Jesus personally, I want to encourage you that that this message is for you and maybe like I, I don't understand how it's for me let, let me put it as simple as this before Jesus mankind was separated from a personal relationship with God 
it was people had to approach God through a, a priest on their behalf. But there was a better way. God had a better way. And God didn't just change the law for your inheritance relationship with Him. He perfected it through Jesus so that every single person could have a personal, loving relationship with God the Father so that you could be known by God as a son or a daughter. So just in this moment, if you don't know Him personally, if you have never come to that place where I can't do this on my own, I need I need Jesus to, to do this life. I need to have that spiritual place in my heart filled by God. If it's just with everyone's eyes closed for a moment, if that's you this morning, I just, I just want to encourage you. This, this is your moment to know God personally, to be known. And if that's you, I want to invite you in a moment just to put your hand up and you can put your hand back down as soon as you put it up. But this is, this is you saying, not to me, but saying to God, yes, I, I want a relationship with you, God. So anyone that's going to say, yeah, I, I want that. We'll take a moment this morning just to give you time to be able to do that. Does anyone say, yeah, I, I don't know him, but I want to. I want my sin to be forgiven. I want to be restored into relationship with God into that better life, that inheritance that God has for me. Is anyone this morning? If you're watching online, this is for you as well. This is what we're going to do, just with the eyes closed for a moment. Whether you put your hand up or maybe it was a bit too much to do that. It's not about hands this morning. It's about hearts. It's about hearts responding to God. So I'm going to invite everybody to, to pray a prayer with me. Inviting Jesus into your heart, being forgiven of your sin so that you can walk with Him. Why don't we pray this prayer? Dear God, I thank You that You sent Jesus, that He died on the cross and rose again on the third day for the forgiveness of my sins. From this moment on, I choose to follow You. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.